Last week, we began talking about the topic of infertility, as difficult as it can be, but we found some great hope in the message presented. So today, we're going to pick up where we left off, and we're going to finish strong with part two. Stay with me. Hey, friend. Welcome to the Shattered in the Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey friends, this is Jeannie. Welcome back to the Shattered in the Beautiful podcast. Well, we've been talking about infertility. And so just to recap what we talked about last week, I began to dive into, you know, some of the things that we feel whenever we are going through infertility so that you don't feel like you're out there on an island alone. These are very real things that you feel and experience. So we touched on those. We talked about Sarah and how Sarah in the Bible began to take matters into her own hands and the consequences that she had to live through, but how God, even in his goodness and grace and mercy, worked those things out together for good and with great purpose. And I also shared some things from my personal story in my journal where I was really in agony in the infertility journal and crying out to God to give me these desires that were in my heart. And then we just ended that that message strong and with a lot of hope. And so if you haven't listened to part one right now, I encourage you to just stop and go back and listen to part one before you listen to part two. So today I want to talk about Hannah, sweet Hannah. Well, Hannah was desperate, had a deep, deep desire for a child. I love how Hannah's sacrifice of her firstborn son to God really mirrors the representation of God so loved the world that he gave his firstborn son as well. So Hannah was a great woman of faith. Now, as I began to release some things in my life to God in regards to my own personal infertility walk, I began to shift my focus in my journal writing. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But right now, I want to talk about Hannah because Hannah really knew what it was like to walk this lonely journey of infertility as well. Now, we hear her story, we read about it in 1 Samuel 1 and 2. We know that she was loved by her husband, but the Lord had closed her womb. And so being childless, she vowed to God that if he would give her a son, she would give him to the Lord all the days of her life. Hannah's name means grace and mercy. I love the meanings of names. Have you ever researched your name to find out what the heritage and the meaning behind your name is? Because there's great purpose in our names. Uh, God gives parents the ability to name their children, but many times, especially as believers, if we seek God for that name, he will give it to us. And so God does have a hand, not even, I believe, in the creation of the child in our womb. We know that for a fact, but also in the names that we're given uh, our children. And so Hannah's name, and as you read all throughout the history of the Bible, you know by what's going on in the storyline of the Bible, in the history, that the names of the people that we're reading about, their name has significant meaning to what their call and purpose is and what's going on in their life. And so Hannah's name means grace and mercy. And oh my goodness, did she have to walk 
in grace and mercy as she is awaiting this child. We are told Hannah had no children in 1 Samuel 1-2. So to be a wife without bearing children has always been regarded in the East during that time, Hannah's time, not only as a matter of regret, but as a reproach which could lead to divorce. And so Hannah had a lot on the line here. Can you imagine the agony and maybe the rejection and the loss and the just pain and sorrow that she lived in every day, not only with the desire that she wanted for a child, but how that could totally like impact her life. And so there was such barrenness going on. So Hannah's husband loved her and he always tried to encourage her. We see that in scripture. He says, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? You know, I remember my husband always encouraging, trying to encourage me as he saw me in my sorrow. He didn't know what to do, what to say. You know, men just want to fix it, but they can't. Uh, Hannah's husband goes on to say, you know, why is your heart so grieved? Am I not better to you than 10 sons? We read this in verse 8. We also know that Hannah's husband had another wife. Now, that was not uh, God's plan for marriage, but we also know that they were living in different types of sin um, even back then. So though God always intended for marriage to be between one man and one woman, there was a number of examples of this problem in the Old Testament. So we know that Every year, Hannah would accompany her husband in worshiping and sacrificing to God in that season of time. And every year, the other wife of her husband would provoke Hannah to the point of tears by reminding her that she was childless because the other wife had children. And so watching this go on was making just Hannah's life miserable. So think about this. Where do you see yourself in Hannah's story? You know, as I read it, I saw myself as understanding, feeling what Hannah felt, you know, during that time, because I was feeling it too in the era of time I was living in, watching other people all around me with children, friends, family members, having babies, and so full of joy with these new babies holding in their arm, and yet I could not have one. I seemed to be barren, you know, diagnosed. A label was put on me, unknown infertility, so it seemed that this was never going to happen for me. Well, Hannah felt exactly the same, so I find comfort. I found comfort in reading Hannah's story and understanding like she got it like someone else. I'm not the first person that ever walked through this. Now we see many examples through the Bible. As we talked last week, I gave examples, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Hannah. Today, we're just talking about Hannah, but there's nothing that we've ever walked through, including infertility, that God doesn't show us in his word. Someone else has gone before us and they have felt what we have felt. And so one year, during this season, Hannah prayed to the Lord and she was in great anguish. And as she was praying, Eli, the priest who was in the tabernacle, observed her. He supposed by her behavior that she was drunk. And, you know, maybe she was drunk and, and she couldn't quit drinking. He didn't know, right? The story tells us. But she respectfully said to him, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. Now we see this account, this story. Read it for yourself in 1 Samuel 1.15. She then explained to him that she had poured out her soul to God in prayer. So we see that Hannah has gone before the Lord and all this suffering of wanting something that she seemed to couldn't have or maybe that wasn't you know given to her, that had been given to other women. And she's in agony over this. And she's poured out her soul. You ever poured out your soul to the Lord in prayer? And you just get up and you're just absolutely 
drained and when we pour out our soul yeah I guess we would appear to look a little drunk because with me when I'm pouring out my soul I'm in agony there is tears you know snot flying everywhere I, I am weak from the weeping that I have done face down in the floor before the Lord you know and so we look a mess because we're pouring out our soul this is what Hannah was doing and Hannah was making a vow the Bible does not mention that she gave details of her prayer to Eli when he questioned her but she actually prayed to God in faith and asked him to give her a son. She vowed in her prayer that if God would give her a son, she would give the child to be God's servant. I wonder, have you ever done that? Have you ever vowed to God? You know, have you ever said, Lord, if you would give me this desire of my heart, I will be a good mother. I will give him back to you. I will raise him up to be a warrior. I will raise him to be a, you know, a general in the kingdom. Have you ever prayed that? I prayed that. And so it goes on to say, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, is what Hannah is saying, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. She specifically now asks for a male child. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. First Samuel 1.11 is where we read those words. Now, the wording of this vow is noteworthy for several reasons because she was addressing God very respectfully. Oh, she knew who she was talking to and who she was going before. She knew that she was speaking to the God who was able to do and give her everything that she was asking for. And she was coming before him not only with respect, but with faith and his power and with an attitude of humility. Oh, I wonder, friend, have you gone before him with respect and faith in his power and with an attitude of humility. She saw herself as a maidservant of God. Now, also she was promising to give her firstborn son to God. So she's beginning to speak this out. She's not only asking this, friends, but she's beginning to speak this out into existence. As a person set apart to the Lord for special service, Hannah intended to keep her vow to God and devote her son to God. This was a promise she's now giving back to him and to his service for all his life. Now, Eli the priest perceived that she had asked a petition of God. Of course, he didn't know what it was, and he said to her, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. We see that in 1 Samuel 1.17. So again, Eli didn't know what her petition was. He didn't know what was going on. But he says to her, Go in peace, and the God of Israel will grant your petition, which you have asked of him. Wow. Now, we see Hannah as a woman of great faith. Now, notice the effect that the high priest Eli's words had on Hannah. She answered Eli respectfully in this passage and says, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight, 1 Samuel 1.18. So she had great respect for Eli as well as the priest, who was the servant of God. She recognized his position. And then Hannah did another noteworthy thing here. She went her way and she ate and her face was no longer sad. She had faith and she believed that what she had prayed for would come to pass and she would have a male child. Now, this is huge, friends. Okay, this is huge because a shift happened in Hannah's life here. She went from being this woman of great sorrow and agony because she could not bear a child to, to just living in this space for a long time to pouring out now her heart and soul to God. 
and God hearing her and he, Eli hearing her and Eli telling her to go in peace. It was almost like Hannah fully released this burden and sorrow to the Lord. Maybe had she had never done that before, but she fully let it all out. She just laid it all out on the line. And then we see when she gets back up and Eli tells her to go in peace, that a total shift has happened in her life, right? And so now she begins to take care of herself. She begins to eat and she cleans her face up and she begins to walk in joy. And what does she, I think what Hannah is doing here is she has declared it. She has spoke it. She has gave it to the Lord. And now she's beginning to walk in belief that this is going to happen because Eli has spoke over her. And so she's believing God has not only heard her and answered her petition, but Eli has almost confirmed it as she walked away. And so she has a choice now to either continue living in this place of agony and sorrow or to believe that God is God and can do whatever he wants to do. He is able, right? So Hannah chooses to believe and have, have faith. She believed that what she had prayed for would come to pass, and she believed that she would even have a male child. Now, in the process of time, God answers Hannah's prayer, as we all know, and she conceived, and she did, in fact, have a son because she had asked for him from the Lord. She named him Samuel, which means asked or heard of God. Hannah kept her word as she had vowed to the Lord, and after Samuel was weaned, she presented him to Eli, the priest. Hannah told Eli, for this child, I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. 1 Samuel 1, 27, 28. And I am sure you have heard that passage. It's a very popular one that we see for those waiting for a child. We see it in stores, engraved on blankets or uh, beautiful towels or little onesies. We see it, uh, you know, in on cards in Christian bookstores. For this child, I prayed, and the Lord granted me my petition. This was a great sacrifice for a mother, by the way, to give up her young son. Can you imagine waiting for a child? God gives you a son, and then to give up your son. I mean, I I can't even imagine that, even with my own son that God gave me. The fact that Hannah was willing to do this. So this was a great, beautiful. A extraordinary, extraordinary vow. It was a great sacrifice for a mother to give up her young son, but she was undeterred in fulfilling her vow to the Lord because he had fulfilled a promise to her. God answered this prayer as well and blessed Hannah with three more sons and two daughters after the fact, after Samuel. Samuel now had little brothers and sisters, and so she became a joyful mother of more children. The barren woman had become the mother of many, many more. Now, I want to talk about Hannah's prayer just one more moment here. To me, Hannah's prayer is so powerful, and it's, it's recorded in Scripture, and it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, a spirit of rejoicing in truth. She prayed a prayer that is now recorded for all the world to read in 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10. And in that prayer, we see the elements of prophecy, and encouragement within it. And many times we see this through scripture. We see prophecy. We see encouragement. We see the realness of, you know, where we are and what we're feeling. We've seen that a lot with King David. We see so much recorded in his prayers. This woman of faith 
has her own personal prayer recorded as Holy Scripture. I think that is just beautiful. And I clung, I found myself clinging to Hannah's prayer, watching the shift in Hannah, seeing how Hannah got back up after that sobbing prayer and vow to God and how she became a different woman, one of strength, one of faith, and it inspired me. And so a shift began to happen in me. And so now I want to talk about what began to happen in my journey of infertility. Affirms that the Lord works wonders and hears our prayers. It confirms that God heals us of infertility. It confirms not to rely on the doctor's man's report, but to rely on God's report, the promises of God. That God is working all things out for our good. He is our creator, our supplier, our master, our healer, and our provider. He will always hear our prayers. So how did the story of Hannah affect me? Well, I began to see a shift in me. I began to see that I needed to move, and actually I had a desire to move from the agony stage and the sorrowful stage to believing that God was who he said he was and he could do what he said he could do. So in my journal, uh, I shared with you last week that I had gone through the infertilities, I had gone through three treatments, and the Lord told me this was the end, I was not going back. And I shared my story with the doctor's office, and I told them, God is able to do this for me. And so I'm going to choose to trust God and wait on God. And that's exactly what I did. I told you that I began to put my focus on God and to follow God and to function and stay busy doing what the Lord wanted me to do. And so I decided that I was going to be patient and trust God in his timing. But during that time of waiting, I was going to praise God for giving me what I had not yet seen come into reality. And so my journaling, the very next journal entry changed. The way I wrote in my journal shifted and changed because there had been a shift and change that happened in my heart. So instead of me writing, oh Lord, please give me this desire in my heart and talking about the struggles that I was going through, I began to write letters to my little one that I had not yet received yet. I began to write letters to a child that I didn't even know yet, didn't know what looked like yet. I began to declare God's promises in my life. And so in my journal, I started writing letters to my child. This helped me tremendously. And friends, also what it did is it helped me to declare God's truth and promises on my life. And as I did that, my heart began to be filled with joy. So we are seven years into my infertility journal now, and it is December 13th, 2011, and I wrote this letter to my child. Oh, my little one, I am still waiting on you and praying for you that you will do mighty things for God. I have already given your life to him, and I will raise you up and teach you to be a mighty, loving, powerful little person of God. I am praying you will love and serve him with all your might. My faith has been increasing. My doubt that I will ever meet you is decreasing and becoming a vapor, which I am ever thankful for. Faith is not believing that God can, but that he will, for he has promised me for my shame. I will have double Isaiah 61, 7, and I can't wait to meet you. 
I love you with all my heart and soul. Love, Mommy. And so I'm already beginning to write letters to my child. I'm calling myself Mommy. This journal entry ends with saying, I am waiting to meet my precious gift, my child from God. I continue to remind myself that God is not saying no. He is just simply waiting to give me his very best. The next entry is right after Mother's Day in 2012, and it says, God has been moving in me and Daddy's life, little one, quite a bit. We are still praying for your arrival, and God is blessing us and moving us in ministry. So the timing for you may not be quite yet, but still we pray and believe God will bless us in his perfect time. I think of you daily and pray for you, that God will use you to build his kingdom. Mommy is trying to take better care of herself and eat healthy, get rest to prepare for you to have a safe, healthy environment to grow in. Much love and hugs and kisses to you love mom. So do you see what's happening in my journal time here? I am beginning to talk to him as if he is here. And this is such a beautiful thing that I see, even as I'm walking through it, uh, even with you now, that I'm even begin beginning to take care of myself physically, preparing my womb for him to arrive. So I am really, really uh, walking in the utmost expectation and believing in God. Now, I just want to pause right here and speak to those that are not walking through infertility, or maybe that's never your story. This truth still applies. Whatever it is that you need in your life and you're believing and hoping in God for, whether it's something regarding your health, whether it's something regarding um, a prodigal child, or whatever it may be, listen, begin to speak to it and write about it in your journal, your quiet time with the Lord. Go ahead and draw out a picture, a vision of, if it's your health, what do you want your health to look like? Write about it. Begin to speak out. I will look this way. I will feel this way. Thank you, Lord, that these things are happening in my life. Thank you that my health has been restored. Thank you that I'm getting more active. Maybe it's some sort of addiction. Begin to write out who it is you really want to be and desire to be, but you can't just seem to get there. Begin to claim God's promises on your life. I will walk free from addiction. I will be a wonderful friend, husband, brother, spouse, you know, whatever it may be. Begin to claim God's word. If it's bankruptcy, finance problems, I will begin to walk in freedom with our finances. Thank you, Lord, that we will have the freedom to do this and to this, whatever it may be. Write out your decrees to the Lord. Claim those blessings on your life. Ask God to show you a vision and a picture of what he wants for you in that area of your life and then claim God's promises to it. Friends, I'm telling you, it will make a difference. It will transform the way you think about things, the way that you feel about things. You will begin to walk in God's promises and his goodness and you will see that change come about. Now, we we are told this in Habakkuk that what did he do? He watched, he wrote, and he waited. There's three principles that are applied there. What he And there's prayers. Read that little small book. There's prayers all throughout. He's talking to the Lord. God is speaking back to him. But there is three significant things that he did. He watched, he wrote, and he waited. That's what I'm encouraging you to do. And whatever it is that you're walking through in your life. Now, 
along the way in my journal, there was also times when, you know, I did have those dips again and I needed to just declare and claim God's power in this situation. So uh, I'm jumping ahead now into 2012 and I'm saying, God, please display your power again in this area of my life. Fill my womb. Thank you that you're going to fill my womb and you're going to open it up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I'm thanking him. I'm saying I wait in expectation. God, thank you that you're going to bring me a child. And Lord, I just want to say this. Bring me a child in whatever way, form that you choose, Father, because you know what is best for me. I trust you. That was written in the fall of 2012. Now, here is what I want to say to you in regards to that. Sometimes we come up with our own mind and vision of how we want our blessing to be given to us. And in this situation, we're talking about a child. So I had to open up my mind. God was doing such a work in me in this wilderness season of my life. I had it in my mind how I wanted God to give me that blessing and that child and what I wanted it to look like. God began to do a work in my heart to receive the blessing in whatever way he wanted me to have it. And so my mind opened up to that, my heart opened up to that, and I began to see vision of his blessing coming to me in whatever way, form that he chose. Now that all began when I wrote this prayer, God, bring me a child in whatever form way you choose, because you know what's best for me. So as I continue to write in my journal, God was again calling me to surrender everything to him and to look for the blessings all around me and the blessings of children in ways that he wanted to give it to me. So I started noticing because at this point in time, we had moved to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we had started the ministry that God had called us to start. And there was all these moms walking in the doors, putting these babies in my arms that I had helped, uh, you know, I was a part of helping to save their lives. And they were coming back and putting these babies in my arms. And as I held those babies, I started to receive the blessings of these babies. The Lord started showing me, Jeannie, you are a spiritual mom. I'm making you a spiritual mom of so many because of moms and babies that you're ministering to and helping to save. And all my heart was so full of joy. I was being reminded of God's promises and his blessings all around me. And I remember one day even going into the baby closet because we have a baby closet where we give, you know, clothes out to mamas uh, that they can put on their sweet little babies. And I remember going into the closet one day and again, just claiming God's truth, walking in expectation. And I picked out a little outfit. I didn't know if I would have a boy or a little girl. And so I picked out one of each. I picked out a cute little outfit for my future little baby boy or little girl. And I folded them up so beautifully and gently, and I brought them home, and I began to use them as just uh, a tangible way of even seeing an expectation. I placed them in the room where I thought that my baby would be if I was going to have that baby, and again, it just became another nugget of, I am believing God for this thing so much that I'm already starting to pick out clothes for my baby as I continued to journal, God was just continuing to speak to me, and it was just such a beautiful thing. So here's what happens. Uh, it was almost Christmas in 2013, and uh, we had been blessed. Uh, you know, ministry's hard, and there were struggles, and uh, God knew what they were, and we had a, a friend, some friends of ours, approach us, and they had a home, 
and they were looking to sell it, but they weren't ready to sell it. And they approached us and they said, you know, God told us to come to you and to offer our home to you. And we want to gift you with this home and allow you to live in it for the next year for absolutely nothing. What? How does, I mean, that is such a miracle of God. I have so many stories of where God just miraculously provided for my family um, in the early days of ministry and how he's still providing for us and blessing us. Let me just tell you, friends, God is good and there is no better pathway to be on. There is no other captain I would want in my life. He is the way, the truth, and the life and blessings and promises if we want them in this life. We will get them as we walk faithfully with the Lord. He loves you. It is his heart that no man would perish. And so if you are listening today and you have never received him as your Lord and Savior, I just speak salvation over you today. You just simply seek him and say, Lord, please, I want you to come into my heart. I want to receive you as Lord and Savior, and I will choose to follow after you. Just receive him as your Savior, and things will begin to change in your life. You can trust him. He is good, and he loves you more than anyone. So I pray today that reaches someone. I pray today is a day of salvation. But here in this, this part of my story, I was uh, still awaiting that blessing, that promise. And we had been given this home that ironically had three beds and two baths. Now, we only needed a two-bedroom home. And so I said, Lord, we were blessed. This is in my journal. We were blessed with a home, three beds and two baths. Are you preparing us for something or someone? Question mark. You know, I was hoping, but I did not know. Then right behind that, I was approached by a family that um, there was a situation going on and there was a child that possibly may need adopting. And I was asked by these grandparents, would Carter and I consider adopting this child? And our heart was so open to it because of what God was teaching us and how we need to be prepared to receive his blessing in whatever way that it should come. And so we were ready. We were ready to receive this. And so 100%, we said, yes, we will. And so as we began to walk that journey out, which was a very, very short um, journey, by the way, something happened with some other family members and that journey ended quickly. Uh, another family member took the child and so God closed that door. But I really do believe it was just God asking, would you, you know, would you be willing to do this if I asked you to do this? And of course, our answer was yes. But again, for whatever reason, that was not the pathway that God had chosen for us. Now, what I want to tell you is that while we were preparing, packing boxes, getting ready to move into that three-bedroom, two-bath home, I had a dream. And in that dream, I was in a doctor's office. It was an OB office, and he was doing an ultrasound. And he said, there is a baby, and it is a little boy. I have never had a dream like this. And it was so spiritual. I knew that it was from God and I was full of joy. I woke up full of joy. The next journal entry is about one month later, April 10th, 2014. I'm pregnant. Explanation point times like five, six. Praise in big capital letters. God has heard and answered my prayers. In the middle of the move, I discovered how late I was and began having some symptoms. 
and a test confirmed that I am pregnant. Almost 10 years of praying and waiting, and now it is finally my turn. God has blessed, and I think I'm about five to six weeks, but I'm finally getting to write the words, I'm pregnant. Explanation point here, times like 10. And in my journal is the little pregnancy test that showed positive. I have it taped in here. The journal then goes on just sharing my pregnancy journal and the arrival of my son, Luke, and so many blessings are recorded there. And I continue to write in it as a gift to my son. It will be his one day. So he can see how mommy prayed for him and waited for him. He can see the the promises of God being fulfilled. So I want to talk to you as we close this episode about, you know, the giant of infertility because it can seem like such a huge giant. Remember, David faced a giant too, and it seemed absolutely impossible. I visited Israel and I went to the area where David stood and chose five small, simple stones to face his giant with. And it was with one single stone that David took out that giant. And so if infertility is a giant standing in front of you, I want to encourage you to pick up the stone that holds the mighty power of God that you may overcome that giant of infertility. I want you to be persistent. I want you to trust God and believe in God and the power that is in that stone. I want you to know that with him and that stone, you can overcome all barriers. You can move around the obstacle. You can take the obstacle down. Pay attention, not to the giant, no friends, but to the source of God. The source that's in that stone. David paid attention to what was in his hand. He paid attention to the source. The source that was going to take that giant down. Because here's the deal. God is either going to remove the obstacle. He's going to take it down. Or he's going to move you around it. But it will not. It will not prevail. So never get your eyes fixed on the difficulty or the obstacle, but keep your eyes on the source. He that believeth in me, as scripture hath said, out of his or her belly shall flow rivers of living life. John 7, 38. God will fulfill his promises to you. If he has put a desire in your heart, he will fulfill it. I pray, Lord, if this is not for me, please take this desire away so that I may live and serve you in a different way without this burden and desire in my heart. The Lord never took it away. If he puts those desires in your heart, they are there for a reason and he will fulfill them. If God has promised you children, he's going to give you children. So you face that giant and you remember the source that's in your hand. Maybe you need to get yourself a tangible rock. I I brought this rock home with me and I keep it in front of me on my desk 
I also sometimes take it to my prayer room, whatever I'm facing. And I remember that story. I remember that source. And I remember how that power in that stone took down something that seemed impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. We're told that in scripture. It may be impossible for man, but it is not impossible for God. Matthew 19, 26. You know, these stories that we talked about, Sarah and Hannah and even my story, it's stories of women who struggle with infertility, but you may have other struggles as well, whatever they may be. But these stories are a reminder of the Lord's miraculous work in women's lives. The Lord is a healer. He has a marvelous plan for our lives. And if we trust in his word, he will remember us. And he will paint a beautiful tapestry of our lives in ways we could never fathom. I love you, friends. I hope you have a wonderful week. And remember, live life abundantly. If you like Mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered into Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered into Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way. Thank you.